As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. The city of Milwaukee is entering a new phase of reopening. You want to open up right so it doesn't go in reverse. Dane County closing indoor bars after seeing a spike in COVID-19, especially among young people. Go out, have a good time, but put the mask on and protect yourself and your families. Now 20 more restaurants and businesses join 70 others urging the city to mandate masks to stop the surge. You're now the bad guy because there is a group of customers out there right now who don't want to wear masks. The biggest part of all of this is just keeping, you know, my employees safe, my customers safe. There is definitely two sides to the, the mask issue and our operators are in the middle. Bars open or bars closed? Mandatory masks or no masks at all? The controversies abound all across the Badger State as COVID-19 cases creep back up just as summer is heating up. From the Fox 6 Studios, this is Open Record. I'm Brian Polson here with my colleague, Amanda St. Hilaire. Good morning, Amanda. Hi, Brian. We are recording this episode on Thursday, July 2nd. And we once again welcome Fox 6's Jason Calvi to Open Record. Hi, Jason. Hey, good morning. So, Jason, we've been talking a lot lately about protesters and police funding and police policy. But, of course, COVID-19 has not gone away. In fact, we've seen a recent uptick in positive cases in some places. And that has the city of Madison once again tightening restrictions on bars and restaurants. You've been covering that issue. What's going on with that? So it's been really intriguing the number, the, the numbers spiking there in, in Dane County. Uh, they, they said the previous week, they 60%, nearly 60% of the COVID cases were people aged 20 to 29. So they're really seeing the spike in younger people. And when the contact tracers go out and do the investigations and interview these people, they're finding that their common common story is gatherings, uh, restaurants, bars, or other gatherings is one of the common features of the people that have been uh, struck with, with COVID-19 in Dane County. So the, the county there, as well as the city of Madison, are reinstating old restrictions. So the bars and restaurants had been allowed to be opened up to 50% capacity over there in Dane and in Madison. And now they're cutting that back down to 25% for restaurants. And then they're completely closing indoor bar service because of this new spike amongst young people. The bars can't be happy about that. Are we looking at a potential legal challenge here? 
Yeah, exactly. So the Tavern League of Wisconsin is says that uh, you know the bars are being unfairly targeted here. Um, so there could be a potential for a legal battle here, as we've seen in the past over the statewide safer at home order, as well as some of the the local safer at home orders that uh, have been put into place since since the Supreme Court struck down the statewide order. So that's something that's that's being considered. I know the Wisconsin Restaurant Association is not uh, you know their board is not authorized any sort of legal action here, but they are definitely complaining and saying, hey, their, their, patro- their, their or- members of their organization can keep their customers safe. And since they know that this is a targeted population and segment that has been uh, where we're seeing the spike here, that uh, there, there can be things that are done to keep all their people safe at restaurants. They're saying once you cut down capacity from where it was yesterday, 50%, now today, 25%, they're saying that that's really going to hurt the bottom line for their restaurants. Some of the restaurants cannot open at 25% because you're talking about overhead, you're talking about bringing on staff and, and, and food, and so they can only make a profit, there, some of these restaurants say, once they're at the 50% capacity. So some of the restaurants are going to have to close down, and so there's lots of questions about what's going to happen next. And just as that's happening in Madison, we have essentially the opposite thing happening in Milwaukee as the city of Milwaukee is moving to phase four of its reopening plan. What exactly does that mean? So phase four, which which started in Milwaukee yesterday, will allow those bars and restaurants to do what Dane County had three days ago, two days ago, which is be up to the capacity of 50%. So Dane County and the city of Milwaukee have pretty much just flipped the capacity for restaurants, which Dane County is now at 25%. Milwaukee is now at 50%. But the bars and restaurants in Milwaukee are now are, are allowed to be open, whereas in, in Dane County, they are indoor service at bars is closed, whereas uh, Dane County is allowing some of those bars uh, that have bars that have patios and outdoor areas to uh, continue to provide bar service out, outdoors. So Milwaukee is moving forward. Dane County is is going back in this process of reopening their respective municipalities. And what's the rationale for having such opposite moves, especially with Milwaukee being one of the hardest hit areas here with COVID? Right. So, you know, Milwaukee has been uh, following the numbers and they have had, a, a you know, policy and, and procedures in place to to get to this point of reopening and it took them a lot longer to get to that threshold compared to Dane County and uh, so so they, they they're moving forward and uh, at the same time you know you're seeing these business leaders really worried and especially if you look at what's happening in, in Dane County where they were open at 50% now they're back down to 25% uh, Milwaukee business leaders say they don't want to see what's happening in there as well as other states where they've opened up and now they're having to kind of close back up the bars uh, they don't want to see that happen here in the city of Milwaukee so there's actually been I mean really large uh, restaurant groups in the city of Milwaukee uh, as well as businesses and, uh, and other restaurants that are actually urging the city to take this uh, next step which they, they would like to see a, a mask requirement in the city of Milwaukee. They want to see the mayor and the co- common council agree on a, a mask mandate for the city of Milwaukee. They say that's the best hope here to keep those numbers low and to not to not see another surge in Milwaukee so that these restaurants and bars and other things can stay open as they are right now. And Jason, even as we're recording this podcast this morning, the Milwaukee Common Council, a committee, I believe it's the the, the health committee is supposed to be taking this up, um, and, and it is uh, Alderwoman um, uh, uh, 
Dmitrievich, who introduced this measure to require masks, they're attached to that on the, the, the city's website is uh, a, a series of emails that have been received uh, from people who both support the idea of requiring masks in these places and those who oppose it. I don't know if you've, you've gone through those, but if you look at just the number of pages as, as an indicator, the size of each uh, document is about the same. 26 pages for those uh, supporting, 28 against, or something in that realm. So this is a real controversial issue, even in the city of Milwaukee. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I was. I, yeah, I was looking at those comments yesterday. Uh, the public comment period has actually ended, so that ended at eight this morning. So, if you were, if anybody listening was interested in in sharing their comments, the the, the web link which we placed on our website, Fox Six Now, Fox Six Now dot com, uh, that web link is now uh, not active for any more comments. But it was intriguing to see how it was really uh, almost an even split between those uh, against a ma- mask mandate and those for it. And uh, you know, you. Just just look at the comments there, and and there's really for those who are opposed to the mask mandate, um, some of the arguments are personal liberties and and freedom. They say that this is a, an unjust, uh, unjustified, and unconstitutional mandate to force somebody to wear a mask. There's also arguments of some people bring, bringing up skepticism about the science of it. Now, the CDC uh, Centers for Disease Control does recommend they don't mandate, but they do recommend wearing masks when you're in public, outside of the people that you live with in your home when you're out in public in an area where you cannot practice the normal social distancing. So there's a couple caveats there. It's not, it's not that they're saying you have to wear it when you're out running or things like that, but they're, they're recommending it when you're out in public and not able to practice the, no, the normal you know, six feet uh, social distancing and all those practices that we've been uh, talking about many, many times here on the podcast. Uh, so yeah, you can see that this is a very, very, very controversial issue, both for and against, uh, evenly split really in the comments. So this will be a, a tough decision uh, for the for the Common Council because they're also getting questions from businesses as well. When I when I spoke with the Wisconsin Restaurant Association yesterday, one of their worries was, well, who's going to enforce a mandate like this? Who's going to enforce the mask mandate? And and the restaurant association said it's going to come down to the owners and the managers of the particular restaurant or bar to tell people, hey, you got to get out of here. You're not wearing a mask. Well, what does that mean? That means that you're creating a rupture between you and your customer. So that was one of the worries that the restaurant association brought up, that the, the restaurant owners and managers will become bad cops and, and, and lose business and create strife between them and their customers. Now, of course, the people that are in support of the mandate say this is the best way to cut down on a future surge and to really protect all of Milwaukee so that these businesses can stay open and thrive in the future. Well, and that's an interesting point you bring up, Jason, um, because this morning I was going through some of the research compiled by uh, UC San Francisco, and uh, one of their infectious disease experts was basically saying that the simulations show 80% of the population wearing masks would do more to reduce COVID-19 spread than a strict lockdown. So they're really pointing to the mask wearing as something that can allow the economy to continue to function. And then um, the Institute of Health Metrics and Evaluation says that potentially 33,000 deaths could be avoided by October 1st if 95% of people wore masks in public. So there's a a cost-benefit analysis here where we've seen research about COVID-19 change and our understanding of the disease change. So if in a few months we find out that all this is wrong and the masks don't really do anything, 
it seems to me people won't necessarily have lost a lot. But if this research is right and 80% of people wearing masks could reduce COVID-19 more than a strict lockdown could, that would seem to be significant for the economy, especially in Milwaukee, which just lost the big uh, spectacle that we thought the DNC was going to be. But uh, Amanda, that's that's right. You've got the research that's showing the efficacy of these masks, and yet that hasn't really changed what sort of the public division is over it. And, and Jason, you talked to the Restaurant Association that concerned about becoming the enforcers. It does raise a difficult question for them because not only do they risk upsetting those who don't want to wear masks by becoming the enforcers, but if they don't enforce, if they choose the, hey, our restaurant, we're just not going to crack down on this, they then risk the negative reviews and and the people who are complaining that you haven't made this a safe place. And so they sort of view this, I think, a little bit as a lose-lose for them. It does raise that question of if this is mandated and they become the enforcers, are they in a lose-lose situation? Right, and that's I think what some of the businesses are are suggesting, and and also you 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 see some of the places where uh, employees of restaurants are wearing masks, and this is one of the stories that the restaurant association told me yesterday, and people are coming in and saying, I am not going to I am not going to support your business if your workers wear masks. So you see that that there's there's there this is such a controversial issue right now um, that you know even restaurants that are not mandating it for their customers, but that are uh, asking their workers to wear it, that people are even having backlash against that. But I also want to say, as far as the business community, there are there was the original letter put out by 70 businesses in, in Milwaukee, and now there's 20 more that have signed on. So you're looking at 90 businesses and restaurants in Milwaukee that are urging the mayor to mandate masks. So it's not this is definitely a divisive issue for all of Wisconsin. It's also a divisive issue for business owners trying to make sense of what to do, but you, you do see 90 of these businesses saying, yes, we do need a mask mandate here in Milwaukee. What I don't understand, and, and maybe one of you can enlighten me, so you have people who say, okay, I don't want to be forced to wear a mask because of personal liberty. What is the offending part about someone else wearing a mask? You know, you talk about people saying to restaurant owners, if your staff wears a mask, I'm, I'm not going to show up. What what about that has people upset? My, my take on that would be because this has become such a political hot and button issue, once things become political, uh, there's there's often a my side versus your side. I think that's true of so many things we see now that regardless of the underlying arguments for or against a thing based on, on, on science or logic or anything else, once something becomes political, maybe there are going to be some people who just see this as a, a an, an us versus them or, or a me versus you. Perhaps that's speculation. I don't know. I haven't heard of a lot of people who are offended by others wearing them, although we see evidence of that. We see people writing things about that. <laughs> I've experienced that. I think, evidence of, evidence yeah, of I, that. I've gotten yelled that for wearing a mask for wearing a mask for wearing a mask yeah like literally walking down the street um i mean my, my husband and i we we wear masks especially given our jobs where we still need to interact with the public and again it's that cost benefit analysis if, if the science on the masks is wrong we figure we don't lose much by wearing them and uh, just in the last three weeks i've had three different occasions where someone um, has been very irate about the fact that we were wearing masks. 
That's surprising to me because I haven't seen it. I mean, I'm, I'm wearing masks when I go out in public to stores and other places, and, and you see some people who are and some who aren't. There are some stores, Menards, boy, I'm a regular at Menards these days, they require masks. And if you don't have one, they've got them right available at the entrance. Other places don't require it, and so you see a mix. I haven't seen that kind of... Uh, really judgment going in either direction, but we know it's happening. So it's surprising to hear someone would yell at you for wearing one as opposed to the other way around. When someone says, hey, why aren't you wearing one? That becomes a judgment and people become defensive. Um, I think that's maybe a little bit of a different thing. It's maybe uh, something you understand a little bit more. But judging someone else for taking the precaution does seem uh, bizarre and, and, and sort of hard to understand. Yeah, and maybe part of this, you know, that we've seen how this has become so politicized, but we we do we are seeing some breakages here uh, in that division. We we see um, Vice President Mike Pence in in uh, Texas this Sunday uh, for, for the you know wearing a mask when he came down uh, Air Force Two, and then and then wearing it with in his you know when he walked out of his press conference with uh, Governor Abbott. So you know you do see that that that's a development when he was in Wisconsin just the week before that. Uh, no mask at all. I was backstage with him. I didn't see a mask uh, there. He didn't wear it on Air Force Two. He didn't wear it when he was, uh, you know, behind, behind backstage as well. Uh, but now, now this new development where he is wearing it, and we saw an interview with President Trump on Fox Business yesterday where he says he's all for masks. So you do see a little bit of a development here in maybe depoliticizing this mask issue. We'll see if those messages and the, the images. Uh, help break this as a political issue right now. We'll see if that if that actually happens. Jason, what strikes me about this, though, in terms of the mayor having to consider whether to issue a mandate, if he's looking at what's happening with other mandates, um, there might be some real question about what happens if I do this and, and can I? The city of Racine has had its uh, its orders related to uh, restrictions uh, due to COVID-19. There was a lawsuit filed by a local business and that order's now been thrown out by a local judge. Um, and of course, Governor Evers, if he's looking at any sort of added restrictions, is certainly going to be hesitant right now because of the Supreme Court order that shut down Safer at Home. Is that having some impact on whether government leaders feel like they can issue some of these mandates? Definitely. I think that's why you're seeing Mayor Barrett, uh, why, why the city of Milwaukee is moving this through through the Common Council. So it would be an ordinance. It would be a law as opposed to uh, an executive order from the mayor's office or from the health department. Uh, so they're going to pass it, you know, try to try to pass this through the Common Council. They're going to have the, you know, first hearing today. They're going to have, a, you know, they're bringing it up again next week. So it's going to go through that regular process of lawmaking here in the city of, of, of Milwaukee. As far as a statewide mandate, I did speak with the lieutenant governor on Monday about this issue. And he said, well, he wishes that they they could have a statewide mandate, but it's just not possible, the lieutenant governor said, because of the Supreme Court's safer at home order. He says if they wanted to have a statewide mandate, they would need to have, you know, it would have to go through the lawmaking process in the state, and that would require the legislature to pass some, some mandate. Um, and we do know that the Senate Majority Leader, Scott Fitzgerald, he came out and said he does not support requiring masks. He says uh, businesses and bars uh, should follow the best practices laid out um, by the state. And uh, they should, you know, do that voluntarily. Those those suggestions, those guidelines do, if you look at them for places like barber shops and hair salons and, and restaurants and things, it, it does encourage and suggest the wearing of masks in public. 
Um, but again, the, the majority leader does, doesn't think this should be a, a mandate from the state. So is there going to be a statewide law to require masks? Very, very unlikely. That's why you're seeing Milwaukee going through the ordinance process of, of writing this into in, as, a, as an ordinance in the city. As far as Racine County, uh, or I'm sorry, Racine, the city of Racine, the, the judge throwing out their order yesterday, um, he, you know, he said it was overly broad. It was very, he, he ripped the, the city um, saying that it, it was really hard to make sense of what exactly the order was. So, you know, it does, it, you know, the city of Racine could go back to the drawing board and try to make this more tailored and more, more limited in scope. I think that was one of the things the judge brought up uh, in his ruling yesterday. Um, but it's, it's again, it's, it, it's an ongoing issue of what powers do the local health departments have to control this pandemic. I think that's why, again, you're going to see Milwaukee try to do this through the normal uh, ordinance writing process. Well, Jason, we know you have to run to cover this uh, 9 a.m. committee uh, hearing about Milwaukee's uh, proposed mask ordinance. So we'll let you get to that. Uh, But thanks so much for coming back on Open Record. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Jason. Now, before we go, one thing I want to get included in this, because, uh, Amanda, you and I haven't really talked much about this on a podcast recently. We talk about hearing that there's been an uptick or a recent uptick um, or, or maybe numbers have gone down, but we really haven't talked about what the numbers are. And it's interesting because there's both good and bad news out there right now. The good news is that the number of hospitalizations is down. In fact, has reached its lowest levels uh, since uh, really early April when the hospital association started tracking some of this and, and reporting it on its website. On the other hand, we're seeing those percent of positive tests each day creep back up. They got as high as 7% just a few days ago. Uh, it's, it's dropped back down to 4% now, but that's still far more than it was just back in the middle of June. So we've seen the number of positive tests increasing even though hospitalizations are down. So there's a mixture of that good and bad news right now. It's obviously something we're all watching very closely. Yes, and I mean, we're watching as other parts of the country that reopened faster than Wisconsin did, or sooner, I should say, um, albeit more gradually in some cases. We're watching some of those places see much bigger spikes. And so I think part of the discussion, too, has been based on not just what's happening in Wisconsin, but looking at different states and saying, okay, what if that happens here? So I think some of this is also uh, potentially a preemptive action. But certainly it's something we're going to keep an eye on um, in the coming weeks, not just the debate about the power of the local health departments and the power of the state, but how those numbers are actually moving and and what that means for you and what it means for your health. Well, of course, we're going to continue bringing you more frequent episodes of Open Record as we cover the COVID-19 pandemic and other ongoing issues that are keeping us very busy here at Fox 6 News. If there's a topic you want us to discuss or an issue you think we should investigate, please send an email to theinvestigators at fox.com. That's T-H-E investigators at fox.com. Thank you to the people who make this podcast possible. Producer Pete, Dave Machuda, Suzanne Barthel, and Sarah Smith. Please subscribe to Open Record. If you haven't done that already, you can find it wherever you get your podcasts. While you're at it, 
leave us a review. We've gotten a few lately that have really, I think, made our days, Brian. Um, we love Thanks, to hear Kathleen from you. Thanks, Kathleen Connell. <laughs> yes, thank you. Um, we, we love to hear what you think. Um, if it's something you think we could improve, be honest. Leave one. Um, we'd, we'd like to hear your thoughts. We should also mention that we are going to be taking a little bit of a break on Tuesday with some time off and some other things we have going on. But we are still bringing you an open record episode next week. It's just going to be on Thursday instead of on Tuesday. So thanks for listening. I'm Amanda St. Hilaire. And for Brian Polson, we will be back with our next regularly scheduled episode on Thursday. Thursday.